Okay, guys, I know y'all tuned into another episode today of Hot Takes with TP3. Before we get things started, um, we got a quick word from our sponsors. The first sponsor of today's episode is Prize Picks. I don't know if y'all are familiar or not with Prize Picks platform and how it works. If you download the app and you use promo code TP3BETS, you will receive a 100% instant match deposit of up to $100. So you deposit $100, you get $100 back. Let's say you deposit $50, you get $50 back, and so on and so forth. Um, how it works, guys, you pick two to six players, and if they'll go over or under their projections, more or less, um, you get up to 25% or 25 times your money on that. Let's say tonight you want to pick Luka Doncic to go over 28.5 points, LeBron over 7.5 rebounds, Dalvin Cook over 86.5 rush yards, and let's say you want to go with Jameis Winston under 205 pass yards, something or other like that, guys. It offers a ton of sports. That means you can have NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football. The list goes on, on, and on. They even have tennis, NASCAR, Anything you could possibly want, it is on there. I promise, guys. Prize Picks is available in your state. Download the app to check and make sure it's in your state. Once again, use code TP3BETS. It takes about 60 seconds to pick everything and deposit. It's easy withdraw, easy deposit. Once again, use code TP3BETS if you want to sign up for Prize Picks. Okay, guys, second sponsor of the show we have is SoBet. That's SoBet.io. The link is in my bio on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at TP3Bets. But y'all don't even know what SoBet is yet, man. It is the best value in sports betting. There's over 38 other handicappers on there like myself. It's $10 a month, and you get all those bets. Let's say you don't want to tail me. You can tail somebody else on the website. Everybody over there is winning. Everyone's putting in great work. You get every single bet explained like me and Ben break down for you guys on these podcasts. Might as well go ahead and do it for only $10 a month. Might as well sign up, try a month, say you don't like it. It's all good, guys. But yeah, so bet. Go over there, get at them. How's it going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio for the episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Penling, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia, on this fine Friday. Me and Ben bumped our recording back, but we're still giving you guys these picks well in time. Ben, how are we doing, man? It's going to be a great weekend. NFL is officially back, and it's one of the best weekends of college football of the year. Yeah, great weekend. Uh, can't can't wait till it's uh, past 5 o'clock today to get this weekend started. Uh, it's time to bounce back. Yeah, it is time to bounce back. Ben, obviously, Alabama versus Texas. We all know Ben went to Alabama. Massive game for him this weekend. Ben, why don't you give people a recap of the lackluster season it's been for the boys so far? Yeah, last week college football one and five for me, two and five for you. Um, off to a, a two and eight start for you and a one and seven start for me. So uh, we're gonna need to turn that turn that boy around. Yeah, turn we got some work. Around. Yeah, we got some work to do. Wait, was I two and three or two and five? I had it written down. It was two and five. Did I write that down wrong? Yeah. Um. Let me double check on my spreadsheet real quick before we get things going. Yeah, I didn't think I played that many on the. I could be wrong. I had wrong. you down for Mizzou okay, so I, for two games. No, no, no. I didn't use I didn't use Missouri as official picks on here. Okay, then yeah, then so, I take those out then. Yeah, so I should be. Yeah, so all right, yeah, yeah. So I'm sitting at two and three. So still not that great, but we will get right. Yeah, Missouri first half hit, and then the full game loss because their kicker, whatever reason, guys, an SEC kicker can't make two field goals inside the thirty yard line. Believe it or ridiculous. not. Yeah. Freaking ridiculous. Anyway, though, Ben, we're going to bounce back this week. I feel like we figured out what we need to do here with these teams. It's college football, guys. It's not rocket science. Ben, take us away with your first pick on the slate. First pick 
I am going to – I might fade this team every week until they prove me wrong. That's Northwestern. I'm going to take UTEP minus one right. and a half at Northwestern. I just think that this team is so bad at playing football at Northwestern. Uh, Rutgers didn't even play that well, and they smoked Northwestern. Um, UTEP going into going into uh, Northwestern being favored is is something that we're going to see a lot this year. Is being teams favored going into Northwestern, I think. And I'm going to take that small little favorite, UTEP minus one and a half. Yeah, that's absolutely crazy, honestly, that UTEP's favored in this spot. But hey, man, it's that's college football for you right there. I got to show you how far Northwestern's fallen off. Um, next pickup for me, I'm going to go to look. Like I said, guys, college football is not rocket science. This is my call me crazy college football theorist. It's the most college football game theory ever here. Give me Texas Tech plus the six and a half. I think the Red Raiders come out here and win this game outright. Oregon's defense last year was dog shit. Teams are able to throw, run, do whatever they wanted to to this defense. Sure, they had an explosive offense, but I'm not convinced Bo Nix is that guy without Kenny Dillingham. We've seen Bo Nix struggle in the past without Kenny Dillingham. That's when he turns into Bo Picks. Bo Picks could still potentially be up there. Oregon put up 80 last week. The Duck passed out on the field. This, that, and the other. This Texas Tech team's tough. They were up 17-0, and then they screwed Ben, blowing the lead in losing the game outright they got caught looking ahead to this game i think they come out here buttoned up and they knock off oregon and knock the ducks out of playoff contention early bounce back a little bit from week one for texas tech obviously going into laramie wyoming was not as easy as yeah. i predicted or as they thought uh, i'm going notre dame at nc state over 51 uh, I don't always play a ton of totals, but yeah. I'm going to ride the the hot offense that Notre Dame has. <clears throat> the ability that they're going to show to score points this year is going to be uh, a great adjustment for, for uh, what's the coach's name? Marcus Freeman. Yeah. Uh, this year, I think he's a quarterback where he can rely on to drive the ball downfield on a lot of drives compared to the inconsistency that they've had really at that school since Everett Golson's been there. Um, NC's or Notre Dame's defense, they've given up six points in two games, but let's be honest, they haven't really played much. Good point, Ben. Um, I don't love NC State's quarterback, Brendan Armstrong, the former lefty from Virginia. I don't love him, but he does have a <clears throat> he does bring a tremendous dual threat, uh, into every game that he plays. Last week, I think he ran close to 100 yards. So, just the fact that Notre Dame hasn't seen really a true power, a power five, uh, Offense just yet. I think this will be their first test. It's it's the first road game if you don't count the game in Ireland for them. Um, and I think NC State will be able to get on the scoreboard a couple times. I just think Notre Dame's offense continues to roll. I really do. Notre Dame is. I don't know what it close or I don't know what it's at right now. I don't have it pulled up, but I believe they were close to a touchdown favorite in this game on the road. That makes me think Notre Dame presents the chance to put up a lot of points and possibly get a a huge covering victory on the road. And, and if it's going to be at 51, I think NC state should be able to put out some points at home. So over 51. Yeah, Ben, I actually like your play a lot. I think Notre Dame's extremely overrated. Dude. Navy might be really, really bad. I mean, Navy Notre Dame's had, overrated. 
I think Notre Dame is overrated. Like, I think Notre Dame is extremely overrated. I think that Navy is really, really bad. And Navy had wide receivers wide open. It just their quarterback looked like a freaking girl trying to throw the football. So, of course, he couldn't complete anything. Tennessee State, remember, Ben, I have that marked on my spreadsheet as FCS teams that we wanted to fade. Tennessee State was one of the worst teams in the FCS last year. Coming out and beating them doesn't do a damn thing for me, in my opinion. I'm actually going to take NC State plus the seven and a half in this game. I think they win this game outright. Sam Hartman in two trips to play at in Raleigh at NC State. He struggled. He struggles against three, three, five defenses. He threw six interceptions in, in those two trips there. We've seen Sam Hartman blow up and have crazy quarters where he literally like I'm not over exaggerating. I've seen him have quarters where he turns the ball over three or four times in a quarter. Me and Ben saw it in the Wake Forest Louisville game last year it happened to him in a bowl game a couple years ago. It's happened to him in multiple games. While I think Sam Hartman's a good quarterback. He can be turnover prone. I think NC State's going to force some turnovers, meaning short fields, easy scores. I think the Wolfpack get it done outright here and upset Notre Dame, who's looking ahead to Ohio State coming up in two weeks. There we go. We're on the same game. Yeah, dogs are barking, man. We're on the same game, and both our bets kind of align together. Also, Ben, there's like a trend. I don't have the exact number on it, but I know it's over 60%. When it's over 75 degrees outside and like the humidity levels at a certain amount, these games go over a pretty good bit. And this game should meet that. It does fall into that category, I know, because it's going to be a hot day, hot noon game in Raleigh. So I think defenses will get tired as the game goes on. Like, if you look at a lot of these college football games, too, the way they play out, it'll be like 7-7 or 0-0 or like 3-0 at the end of the first quarter. And then the breaks will just come off the game and teams will start scoring left and right because guys get tired, lazy, the tackling falls off. So I think betting overs right now is the smart way to go. Um, Ben, where do you want to take us next? my last one for college this week uh, that I gave out on the pod. So this line just, it doesn't make much sense. And so I'm going to ride with the wave here. So uh, we know Virginia is supposed to be bad, right? I don't even know if we, I don't even think we covered them when we did our ACC pod because they're supposed to be that bad. And one of those, let's not waste our time with a program, right? Well, James Madison, who I believe became a D1 program last year and had a lot of success. They're minus six going at UVA. And I'm pretty sure UVA's quarterback got a little banged up last week. I believe he's questionable for this game. If you're going to give me James Madison a minus six going on the road at a D1 program, at a power five program, I'm going to take that minus six all day long. So give me James Madison minus six for the principle that UVA starting quarterback, who probably isn't that good to begin with, got a little banged up against Tennessee last week. The fact that they're almost a touchdown underdog to a team that became a D1 program last year. I'm going to be all over that team. Give me James Madison. I believe they're the Bulldogs. Yeah, James Madison's, I think they call themselves the Dukes in their mascots of Bulldogs. Or maybe something like the, that. Okay, that's what it is. Yeah, it's one of the two. But anyway, though. I think it's a good pick, Ben. I actually looked at this game with great significance. James Madison actually won the conference last year, but it turned out that they're, you can't go to a bowl game. It's the stupidest rule ever. You can't go to a bowl game your first year. I was year on them a little that, last yes. year, if you remember. Yeah, we were on them at the beginning of the season. They had beat App State on that insane um, Hail Mary, too. Like, this is a really good team. Honestly, I, I mean, if James Madison was like, like, I think James Madison could get, make a bowl game if they played in, like, the ACC or, like, the Big Ten or something like that. So just the fact that that they're an F, that they're, like, a group of five team, I think gives them even more value in this game. I think they should be laying more, like, 14. So I do like this pick, Ben, with you. 
personally, I'm going to stay away from the Degen games like this because I'm going to be hammering my FBS versus FCS uh, system as it got it done for me again last night on the over in Louisville and Murray State. But I'm not going to give you guys one of those picks on here. We're going to talk about a game that people are actually going to watch. It's going to be a good game. Give me UCLA. I'm going back to the Bruins after they burned me by the hook last week. I'm taking them again, minus 14 at San Diego State. San Diego State is not good. Their quarterback, I can't think of his name right now. He's actually converted safety to playing quarterback. Sure, this guy can run the football, but he cannot pass the ball to save his life. This team struggled with the backup quarterback of Ohio, who's garbage. Ohio barely squeaked by an FCS school this last week. They have not been playing good without Curtis Rourke in there. I think that San Diego State is extremely overrated in this spot. I have Coastal Carolina power rated ahead of them, and Coastal Carolina barely covered. Also, Grayson McCall had only thrown eight interceptions in his career, and this guy's playing like his fifth or sixth year of college football. And he struggled with that UCLA defense. He threw two interceptions in the game last week. They could not run the football to save their life. Um, they were honestly fortunate to stay in that game the way they did because Chip Kelly, for whatever reason, screws around these games. But I think the fact this game's at San Diego State doesn't mean a damn thing to me. I think UCLA comes out here and names the score. This is the Dante Moore coming out party. He took the reins of the offense in the second half and never looked back last week. This is an extremely underrated UCLA defensive unit. I wouldn't be shocked to see UCLA beat the brakes off them in this game. Yeah, we know you're high on uh, UCLA this year if you listen to the Pac-12 pod. If you haven't, go back and listen to it. Thomas has UCLA going pretty far. Yeah, exactly, man. We 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 love UCLA, or I love UCLA this season. So another great spot for them today to get it done for us. Ben, let's talk about the rest of this slate, though. Um, any more college football? Um, those were my three main picks for right now. Okay, yeah, I'm going to have more. You know what? I'm going to give out a bonus pick. Don't count this one towards my record, but I just want to bring it up real quick since it's one of the big games of the weekend. I'm going to go with Miami and Texas A&M over 51. This kind of goes back to what I was just talking about with these games that are in played in this hot, humid weather. It's going to be hot as shit down in Miami, humid. I think these teams will get tired and score a lot of points. Last year when we saw these teams play, Bobby Petrino wasn't calling the offense yet for Texas A&M. And on the flip side of things, all Miami's wide receivers got injured and they barely lost. I think Miami wins this game outright, but I feel a little safer taking it over because I think both teams will score points. Um, we saw Tyler Van Dyke struggle in the offense last year. Now they have the SMU kind of, they brought over, I think it was the SMU offensive coordinator. So Rhett Lashley was the offensive coordinator when he was like Heisman candidate and he went to SMU. So they stole their offensive coordinator back over to Miami and he did not miss a beat in that first game. I think this is going to be a high scoring game and 51 is extremely low when you have two high powered offenses on the field. I like Miami plus the four and money line, but I feel a lot safer taking the over and backing both these teams. Texas A&M could be a sleeping giant. I don't want to be potentially get in front of that, but I think Miami wants some revenge here. Do you have any thoughts on this game? Um, I mean, I, I want to see Miami. I want to see them compete against the big boys once again. So obviously this is the first test. They get it at home. They played on the road last year, right? Um, yeah, they played at Texas A&M last year. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to see if their speed translates because they looked like they had some more speed this year than I've seen in years mm -hmm. past. Um, Van Dyke, I mean, he's been in college forever now. He he yeah. should should be able to keep turnovers down in a in a big game at home. I sent you something earlier in the week that like what what's with Miami's ticket sales right now? I get it; it's not on campus. It's actually yeah. far from campus. But it looked like there was like almost every seat in the house yep. um, still available. I don't know what that's about. 
think Miami, I mean, you, you need some kind of home field advantage. It, if it's not getting it done, then why is a school that has so much money like Miami not changing their stadium, maybe putting something on campus? Like, you're going to tell me they're afraid to tear a couple academic buildings or, or trees down so they can't put a football stadium? Like, there's no way, right? Football reigns supreme over everything. In terms of the game, I, I don't really favor a side, to be honest with you. Okay. Yeah, Um. I think, Ben, that this is a really fair-weather team. I think it's kind of like they're just frustrated with the state the team's been in, and they got to see it. I think if they come out here and beat Texas A&M, that they'll sell out every single game for the rest of the season. That'd be the I, – I feel like that they just really are a fair-weather fandom crowd. So we'll see what happens in that one. We'll come back, guys, and talk about some of the bigger college football games we didn't. First, though, we want to get these picks out of the way. Ben, let's go over to the NFL half of things now. I'll start us out in the NFL. So those of y'all who've been with us for a while, y'all know one thing about me. I love my trends and I love my NFL underdogs. And I have a trend for you guys today. So first of all, underdogs and division teams kill in week one. Division home dogs is the spot we want to back. These teams are 15 and one against the spread since 2012, going 10, four and one straight up in these games. Um, teams also that don't play their starters in preseason at all are three and eight straight up in week one. Joe Burrow did not practice a lot. This offensive line's a little sus. I can see Miles Garrett getting out after him, but also too, look, I'm not a huge X's and O's guys. I'm not going to act like I'm some football coach where I can break down film. I was listening though to some football coaches break down the Bengals defense and how successful Lou Anaromo is. And they said that his defense is reliant on his safeties and how they set up. Both their safeties are gone, and they think it's going to take some time to adjust. So I think that's another thing, too. The Browns looked really good and played well in the preseason. They played their starters a good bit. I think this Browns team's loaded, and I have them winning division. I think they come out and send a message. I The Browns are my NFL game of the week this week, coming out and knocking off the Bengals to get things started on the season. Was it plus one? Plus two and a half. Plus two and a half. Yep, give me the brownies. Yeah, so I saw that stat um, and just decided to ignore it for, for my first pick here. Um, and I think you're going to like this one. Okay. Give me the Atlanta Falcons. They're minus three and a half. If you want to buy the point to three, I don't think that's a bad play right there um, since three and a half is kind of an ugly number to have with uh, uh, being a favorite on your side. I don't know if it matters. I, I I think the Falcons really do come out and make life difficult for Bryce Young week one. The offensive line did not yeah. make me think that they're going to play well in week one based on preseason. Um, the Panthers struggle against the spread when playing in Atlanta. Uh, not only that, as Frank Wright notoriously as a head coach, his teams tend to start pretty slow. Um, so with them struggling in Atlanta historically against the spread, their coach starting out slow, rookie quarterback. Falcons got something to prove this year, and I think they I think they come out and wallop the Carolina Panthers at home week one. I really do. So I'm going to take um, – I haven't bought in the point to three yet. I haven't officially placed it. So let's say – let's give out Falcons minus three on the pod because I'm probably going to buy at that point. Ben. So it'll be a little bit of juice, so I'm probably minus 120. Yeah, Ben, I actually took the Falcons minus three over the summer. I'm still endorsing it at three and a half as this is my second pick as well. Did you get, did you just say the, sorry, I I missed, did you, did you say the rookie, the number one overall pick making his first start stat? I did not. 
But share that with me. Okay, the number one overall pick making his start, his first career NFL start in week one. Since 2002, David Carr is the last quarterback to win and cover the spread, going 1-13 out ATS and straight up. Bryce Young's in the spot. Adam Thielen did not practice. Uh, also, too, DJ Chark did not practice. It looks like it's going to be Mingo from Ole Miss. And um, there are other wide receivers leaving, and his name's leaving me, but nobody who moves the needle at this point in time for me. I think that, oh, uh, Shai has got a, a ton Terrence of injuries. Marshall. Ton of injuries at the receiver position too. Yeah, exactly. This Falcons defense is revamped and reloaded. They're going to make it tough, and they're going to make Bryce Young air it out. I'm predicting AJ Ben. This might be your interception spot. I know Bryce Young's your boy, and you want to see him succeed. This might be the quarterback throws an interception spot, but ultimately, also too, there's I don't have the stat in front of me, but Frank Reich has never won or covered his first game of the season. That goes all the way back to when he was at Indianapolis. Now he's in a new spot here as a head coach for it's like first year head coaches and quarterbacks as well, underperform extremely against the spread as well in their first game of the season. I think the Falcons circle the wagons here and get a huge win. They need to pump up these fans and they need to fire up the fan base. Give me the Falcons to win this game by 10 points. Yeah, I love it. I'm going to go, I'm going to go. Listen, you said home division dog. Mm -hmm. Um, but when you're minus one, it, it's really just a pick them. So I'm just going to try to ignore that great stat that you provided to the people. I know that it's in Chicago, and I know that this is one of the best rivalries we have in football, and it's finally time that the Bears don't have to yeah. see number 12 lining up against them. But I think Jordan Love's going to have a good season. And I've I've been looking at Green Bay plus one this entire weekend. Now, the reason why I'm going to take this off yeah. is my official pick. And if you want to talk me back into it, then talk me back into it. But I think Christian Watson does matter in this game. I, I think for I a quarterback who's basically making his first start, you need to have your wide receiver one. We just saw that with the Chiefs last night. I think a lot of people, including myself, but not you, thought, you know, maybe Kelsey doesn't matter as much, right? You still have Mahomes. Well, their wide receivers are, as I think they're even worse than I thought they were going to. So unless you convince me by the end of the show to add Green Bay back, I'm removing that from my card right now, but I did want to talk about that game. Give me Seahawks minus five and a half. Now, I think it's down to five. Okay. Um, so I'm going to play it at five on the podcast. So my mistake for saying five and a half. Seahawks minus five. I think the Rams are that bad. I really do. With the news of Jackson Smith and Jigba playing week one, Obviously, that just adds another wide receiver target for Geno Smith. I think DK Metcalf, Lockett, Jackson Smith, and Jigbo, plus the running backs that they offer, give Geno Smith plenty of options, plenty of weapons to absolutely bulldoze the LA Rams this season. Cooper Cup is not expected to play. He's expected to miss a couple weeks now. I really don't know who's catching the ball other than Van Jefferson for uh, the LA Rams this season. I don't know how they're going to run the football, yeah, uh, I know that you love the Seahawks secondary this year. Let's go out and prove it week one. Seahawks minus five. Yeah, this is also a revenge game because remember the Seahawks played the Rams in week 18 and the Rams beat them in overtime and potentially kept them out of the playoffs. But luckily they got a little help from the Lions. So I like this bet a lot, Ben. Tutu Atwell will be their number two wide receiver. Well, I think Tutu Atwell is a pretty good wide receiver. I, I'm not backing them here. I think that I I think you're on the right side here, Ben. I like this Rams pick quite a good bit. Not one I'm going to play, but I Seahawks think pick. It. Or that's what I meant. Sorry, Seahawks pick. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give out my teaser of the week. 
Give me the Steelers plus eight and a half teased up with the Commanders minus one. The Commanders, this goes back to my quarterback. new. So this goes back to my new offensive coordinator, new head coach, new quarterback with Josh Dobbs coming over, not playing in the preseason together and all being together for week one. Also, too, I mean, we know how much they gutted this roster. Me and you bashed the Cardinals on our preview. This team is a joke. This team wants the number one overall pick. The Commanders... The commanders wouldn't live up to half this hype. They got to come out here and beat this team by three touchdowns, which I think the commanders will. So that's why I'm like the commanders is leg one. My second leg, the Steelers plus eight and a half. I was going to take the Steelers individually. Then I was thinking about it because I needed a leg to close out my teaser with the commanders. And I was like, this makes too much sense. We go through the key number at eight and a half in this game. The commander or the uh, Steelers are 16, four and three against the spread week one with Mike, or sorry, when Mike Tomlin is an underdog, Mike Tomlin has been great in week ones, as well as the Steelers are eight and two ATS with TJ Watt. So when the Mike Tomlin's an underdog, he kills Mike Tomlin's only been a home underdog five times in his coaching career. I think this line's downright disrespectful. I think San Francisco and Brock Purdy are still kind of getting things together. Typically, I mean, if you look back at San Francisco, man, they've struggled at the beginning of seasons. They usually start off slow and this team peaks in November and December when it's time for the playoffs. I think San Francisco could start slow again. They definitely have been dealing with the Bosa contract drama. I think they've been a little distracted. The Brock Purdy, Trey Lance saga. I mean, they've had a lot of distractions this offseason. I think Pittsburgh keeping inside eight and a half is not a tough tax. Everybody wanted to crown this team the best team of the preseason. This should be a hot ball, football team rolling in. Was that Steelers plus eight or eight and a half? Eight and a half. Yeah, I love it even more one. than the hook because there's no way you can push. And some books will screw you on pushes on teasers. And commanders plus one. Yeah, Commanders. No, Commanders minus one. Or minus one. Yeah. I got uh, just one more pick for the NFL. Okay. We're just going to – we're just fading the the teams that we think are going to be bad in week one, right? I don't know if you've picked up on that trend, but fading uh, – playing against the Panthers, playing against the Rams, and we're going to play against the Patriots here. Eagles going into Foxborough, which is typically a tough place to play. Don't get me wrong. Week one, they're going to be fired up. But I don't think there's much to be fired up about in New England. I I think the offensive line is not going to help Mac Jones a ton. I think he could struggle again this year. Um, The receiving core is is borderline laughable at this point in New England, to be honest with you. Uh, So I'm going to take the Eagles minus four. I think this is a team, and, and there's some stat about the loser of the Super Bowl, I think. Um, I don't know if you know it off the top of your head anymore, but we've talked about it in years past. This Eagles team is simply too talented to not blow a team like the Patriots out. Home, road, playing in Ireland, playing Australia. I don't care where they play. The Eagles should blow the Patriots out every time that they play. There is a significant talent gap in this game, and you don't see that in the NFL very often. Yeah, Ben, I'm 100%. Really this is borderline deep, deep. Power one, power five D one team playing against a, a non power five team. That's how much of a gap there is in NFL talent in this game. Um, and I, like I said, I think Belichick lost his lost his fastball as a general manager in this league. I don't know what damage he thinks his offense can do with this kind of roster, but I, I don't see it personally. I think the uh-huh. Eagles defense travels home road. They could when you have a good pass rush. I think that plays well on the road. They have the best pass rush in the NFL and they just added a couple more pieces to it. Um, Don't forget. I I gave out the little bit of a flyer for Nolan Smith defensive player of the year. Let's show out week one. 
and uh, Eagles minus four. That's going to be my last NFL pick. Ben, I hate to do this to you. I haven't sent it yet. I'm between the Colts catching the five and a half at the house and the Patriots plus four is my last play of the week. I haven't oh, sent it gross. yet. I mean, the Patriots is so gross. I really don't want to take it, but this go this is like some of my TP3 betting secret sauce here. Fading the Super Bowl loser in week one. They're 3-15-2 against the spread since 2003. I will say, though, I am kind of agree with you. Like, if like I don't even think I can watch this game if I take the bet. Like it's super sweaty. Like something you don't want to take. But at the end of the day, I just feel I feel like that four is a weird number. And in the NFL, like they're gonna find some way for the Patriots to kick a backdoor field goal. But I do think this Philadelphia team could easily come out beat the brakes off them. It's really something I don't want to do. But I feel like I have to take the Patriots. So super gross. Official pick or no? No, don't put me down for it yet. I'm deciding between that one and between the Colts. I want to take the Colts, but I don't love Anthony Richardson in his first start. But the Colts and the Jags, the the that goes back to your rookie quarterback first start, first exact, exactly. And it's a first year head coach and everything. But the thing is, the the Colts are ten and three straight up at home against Jacksonville over the last thirteen years. If you look at these teams, they basically just split home and away every single time they play each other. So, and it feels like the Jags, you know, coming a little overrated. I don't know, man. It's tough. I'm still trying to decide. So. Don't put me down for anything on those two picks, but let's recap our picks real quick. Um, for me, my officials were Texas Tech plus six and a half, UCLA minus the 14, NC State plus seven and a half. Um, the and then NFL, I have the Browns plus two and a half. Me and Ben both all rocking with the Falcons minus three, and then I have a Steelers Commanders teaser. Ben, what about you? College football, UTEP minus one and a half at Northwestern. Uh, Notre Dame at NC State over 51. James Madison uh, minus six at UVA in the NFL. Uh, Falcons minus three. Seahawks minus five. Eagles minus four. A little all favorites, I just realized. Hey, it's all right, man. In a, a NFL week one, like you said, we got to take advantage of the shit teams. Ben, before we get out of here, we want to talk about three big matchups for the upcoming weekend. First of all, Ben, I'll, ta- I'll start us off since I know you got a lot to say. Let's talk about Alabama and Texas here, though. Obviously, this is going to be a massive game. Alabama's seven-and-a-half-point favorites. To be honest with you, Ben, while I think that the public, it looks like, is going to be all over Texas in this game, and that's the main reason why I'm not going to touch it, I love the Longhorns plus seven-and-a-half. I took the Longhorns to make it to the national championship game. I feel like they need to come in here and make a statement. I don't really buy into anything that happened for either team last week. I feel like both these teams played garbage opponents and were looking ahead to playing each other. I just got to see Jalen Milrow prove it in a big game. I want to see him step up. He looked terrible in that Texas A&M game. I want to see him come in here and play in a big game. I think Sark's going to have the boys ready. If it's not now, when is it, Sarkeesian? This is his chance to come in and have a big performance and put Texas football back on the map. I think Texas will be up for the task in this game, Ben. What do you think about this game? Number was a little high when it first came out for me. Um, uh-huh. I just not like, you know, playing at home, playing Tuscaloosa obviously is super hard. I just not sure. I thought it was going to be a touchdown. Um, so that was original initial thought. Um, I think the, the, the big matchup in this game is, is in the trenches. Texas is supposed to have an unbelievable defensive line and Alabama's offensive line is supposed to be unbelievable this year. So obviously that's a matchup to look for. The Bama receivers got to create separation better last year. And 
you know, for, for the people that are like, well, Bama didn't do much with the Heisman Trophy quarterback, yeah. best quarterback they've ever had last year. Well, their wide receivers didn't do much. It was very – it looked like the Chiefs game last night, honestly. If you dive into Bama football, it wasn't Bryce Young losing games. It was receivers not being able to create separation. Um, I want them to I want them to do everything that they talked about in the offseason. They talked about how much they're going to run the football yeah. on teams this year and how teams are going to stop them. Well, well, go fucking prove it to me. So um, I hate the talk. Alabama typically doesn't talk, talk, talk. And uh, this offseason, they, they weren't shy from the microphone. So – Go out and prove that you come the football in people's throats like you said you want to. Get back to joyless uh, murder ball in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and make life hell for the Longhorns because you should not be able to be this confident rolling in to Bryant-Denny Stadium. And it, it's starting to piss me off that Texas fans are this confident that they're not going to cover, that they're going to win this game, right? Yeah. You shouldn't have this much confidence playing Nick Saban in Bryant-Denny Stadium in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So bright lights are on. Milrow's gonna be ready to go. I'm confident in him. We just we just gotta play good football. I I I do think Alabama is the better team in this game. Mm-hmm. Being at home, I think last year Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt. Maybe it's a different story, but we don't look we don't do hypotheticals on the show, or at least I don't. Yeah, teams in Bryant Denny. Everyone is gonna be there, and it's time to do what Bama does best. Right, set the tone, set the standard. Yeah, Ben, I'm kind of with you on this one. Like, I feel like the number is very... I do think seven's high. Yeah, I think the number is very, like, weird on the game. But ultimately, like, the thing that scares me, dude, is that I'm with you. Like, I don't understand how everybody... Like, Texas, in my opinion, needs to come out and prove it before I'm willing to put some money on them. You know what I mean? Like, I want to see Texas come out here and actually show up in this game. Like, there's so many times where we want to anoint teams are back in college football and... I'm not ready to announce. I mean, I kind of did anoint Texas's back, but like I still said they could lose this game and go to the final four. I think with the total coming down, it's looking like this game's probably going to go under. And in a game that's going to go under, I think Alabama could really, like you said, muddy this game up. You know, like Texas has playmakers on the edge, but Nick Saban knows how to coach. The thing is, like, Nick Saban's been in a billion big games, dog fights like this where people think Alabama's dead, you know, until Alabama goes loses three or four games in a season i'm not gonna announce alabama's dead i did say i thought they'd have a down year but i said they would lose two games and have a down year so losing two games is a down year for alabama that's that's honestly fucking crazy to say i just i just don't know if trends matter all that much in college they don't um the, the teams are so different year to year coaches can be different schemes can be different but for if there's texas people listening there is a stat that's gonna favor you if you like texas since 2016, Alabama has been favored by seven points or fewer eight times. The tide mm-hmm. is just three and five in those games and two and six against the spread. Um, in two games at Bryant Denny that fall, uh, the tide beat Georgia in 2020 and lost to LSU in 2019. So they haven't been great in this spot at home, but listen, it's a different team. So I'm yeah. just giving that for the people. Yeah, this is going to be the second most bet on game of the day. I expect the line to be Rager Sharp, but Ben, the game that's going to be the most bet on game of the day, let's talk about it real quick, then get out of here. Nebraska versus Colorado. I tweeted out yesterday. I mean, Ben, it feels like we grew up our whole lives hearing about on Fridays when this team, when these two teams would play each other, that, oh, this is such a great rivalry. And I would sit there and look at my dad, my uncle's like, dude, change the freaking channel. There's 20 better games on. I'm not watching this crap. Finally, Nebraska and Colorado is a game that I actually want to watch and I'm interested to see. 
This is personally not something I'm going to bet on, Ben, but this game has the biggest handle of all time bet on a college football game on the, on Colorado. We know what I say. Vegas doesn't keep the lights on from everybody winning. Ben, give me a quick thoughts on this game. I don't know if Jeff Sims is good enough to win big games. Agreed. Um, I like Matt Rule as a coach. I really do. I just don't think he has his core players just yet. Don't think Jeff Sims is good enough if this game gets into a track meet. Um, with Shador Sanders and the boys on the other side from Colorado. I don't know if I would lay the number with Colorado to be – I just don't know how yeah. they're going to react coming off a big win. Everything is new for Colorado, so I'm probably not going to bet on them a lot. Um, I would maybe look into like a Colorado team total over. That's just something that's easy to root for. Um, Yeah, I'm not ready to back, Colo- to back Nebraska in, in games just yet, to be honest with you. I'm not ready to back Colorado as a favorite in games. I just need to see a little bit more, too little of a sample size, but we should we should see some points in this game, especially in that second half. It's going to be very interesting as the season goes on to see how other teams can exploit the lack of depth that Colorado yep. has. They don't have great depth at Colorado. TCU was able to exploit that a little bit by scoring at quicker paces in the second half, but I don't think Nebraska has the offense that TCU can, can possess at times. So, um, I would take Chandler Morris over Jeff Sims if I'm picking quarterbacks between the two. I'm just not ready to back you. Either that's side gross. Yet. <laughs> they're both bad, but yeah, um, I'm not ready to back either side yet. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, Ben. Like, so the way I look at it, I thought I thought Nebraska's defense played well last week, but at the same time, Minnesota lost a ton of production on both sides of the ball. They were one of the lowest tarp teams in all of college football going into the last week. Um, Jeff Sims is exactly who we thought he was. This guy's a fraud. He could not throw the football. I mean, he threw some of the worst interceptions I've seen in college football games last week. Sure, he can run the ball a little bit. I'm not sold on Nebraska's, or I mean, on Colorado's defense being able to really stop them. But like you said, does Nebraska have the fireworks to keep up? This game will be played at altitude, so I expect defenses to get tired faster. And Nebraska, or I mean, Colorado's way more firepower on the offensive side of the ball. I think if Nebraska wants to win this game, they Joel Klatt said it. Also, shout out to Joel Klatt. He did a hell of a job calling the game. Gus Johnson was so obviously cheering for Colorado, but Joel Klatt did a good job of staying in the middle, I thought. And I really thought he hit the nail on the head. He said, if I'm TCU, man, I'm running the football and slowing this it game down. Easy and, for him. Yeah. And they st- and they kept on getting chunk play after chunk play on the ground. But for whatever reason, they wanted to keep airing the ball out and let their defense get tired. I kind of think that if you want to win this game for Nebraska, turn around, hand the freaking football off, run the RPOs, run the ball, because they're not going to stop that run and keep this Colorado defense, or, I mean, offense on the sidelines. Yeah, I don't have much for Ole Miss Tulane, but that is a very good game. Ole Miss yep. is a, around a touchdown favorite on the road going to, to New Orleans. I would say tread lightly betting against Michael Pratt in the Tulane Green Wave. I kind of want to fade Tulane. I think they're a little overrated. I can't get there ultimately, though. I think that, I don't know. It just, dude, it feels weird. I've seen the game playing ping pong. It's like seven and a half will pop for like an hour or two, and then it'll go back to seven. So just something I want to stay away from. I kind of like the under, though. I feel like both teams are going to run the football. The clock will run a lot, and I think Tulane's going to try to slow it down and keep the Ole Miss offense on the sideline. Michael Pratt looks really good, though, against South Alabama. So I don't know. I don't want to get in front of it. Tulane could be that team, veteran quarterback and everything back, you know. So I'd rather sit that one on the sidelines. I am kind of high on Ole Miss, so – I'd rather just watch that game and figure out both teams. That's the thing about the beginning of the season, man. We're watching, figuring these teams out. Ben, we're about to run out of time on here. Anything else you want to say before we get up out of here? Let's have a great bounce back weekend and roll tide. I knew the roll tide was coming, man. That's why I had to let you get that final word in. If you didn't say it, I was about to drive over there and slap you in the face. 
anyway, guys, I will pull for – oh, Ben's giving the horns down now. Oh, no. Oh, no. There we go. Anyways, though, guys, please bet responsibly. Let's have a great weekend. Me and Ben will get right for y'all. Let's have a winning pod. We've been a winning podcast the last two years. We will get back in the green. It's a long season. We appreciate all y'all and talk to y'all soon.